So we've been in the Psalms together this month as we've been looking at a series we're calling Breathe. And here's what we've all acknowledged, right? We get back into this season of life when August kicks around and school starts back and traffic gets heavy and this routine now falls upon us that we're constantly finding ourselves in. What can happen is we can get extremely frazzled in the midst of all that. And we can basically just lose who we are in the middle of it. And so the reality is what we want to do is we want to find God's truth. We want to begin to see some of these habits, these things that God is asking us to do and those things that God is desiring for us to do because it's in doing them, now we begin to see who he truly is. And the response to that is we can actually breathe. We don't lose our mind when everything around us gets chaotic. We're actually drawn in more to him, and there is a peace in the middle of it, right? And that's kind of what we've been walking through and talking about. And we said all this starts when we practice God's presence, right? The understanding that God is with us, that he is there 24-7. We have his undivided attention, and we also have his undivided affection. He loves us more than anything else. And so when we walk through life being fully aware that God is with us, that gives us a peace like no other. Last week, we learned about God's word and understanding there's power in the word of God. And it's not just something that's there. It's something there because it has a purpose and a meaning for our life. And then if we're going to be able to walk through life, we've got to have God's word hidden in our heart. We can't go to pull something out when we're in the middle of a situation with a circumstance or temptation and all of a sudden realize, hey, there's nothing there because I've not hidden his word in my heart. It's not the desire of my heart. It's not the thing that I'm delighting in more than anything else and that it's defining the way that I live my life, but I want it to be that. And, I, and I'm leaning into it because, God, I want to hear from you in the process. Today, we're going to look at Psalm 86. And Psalm 86 is a psalm of David. It's a, it's a prayer that David prays. And I believe that inside of this prayer that David prays, we're going to get some insight to what it is that God wants from us when it comes to our prayer life. I was, I was just excited this week as our kids started back school and everything was, was going great for them. Wednesday morning, uh, Molly Grace and Griffin made it on time. So that was day one that we made it on time this year. That's a huge blessing for our, our family. That doesn't always happen. Uh, Griffin left at noon that day and went on a retreat for the seventh and eighth grade. And we didn't get to see her until uh, Friday afternoon. But Molly Grace, we got to go and pick her up and do some cool things with her. On Thursday, Amy had... Uh, been out of town and so I wasn't able to go get Molly Grace so I was supposed to go over and pick her up but I got caught in a meeting and couldn't get out in time to get in my car and go do carpool so I just ran across the street Cornerstone's right across the street and so when I got out of my meeting I just kind of hightailed it now all of you that know me know I don't run so I just kind of sped walked right and uh, and so I got there and got to the door and Molly Grace came to the door and we started walking back and I looked at her and I was like hey baby sorry I had to walk over today I said, Daddy got caught up in a meeting, couldn't get here in time. And I'll never forget my little girl who's six in first grade now. She looked at me and she said, Daddy, you don't know this. But she said, last night I prayed that we would get to walk today. That God would, would make it a way for us to be able to walk together and that we would walk from school back to church because I really wanted you to pick me up. I wanted to walk and I wanted to be able to play there at church. She said, God answered my prayer 
And it was in that moment that I was thinking, I'm like, man, you're an idiot. You're praying, you're, you're teaching on prayer this weekend, and yet it takes a six-year-old girl to show you the reality that, yes, prayer does work. And that God does care about every single detail that's happening in our lives. Prayer is a, is a gift. It's a blessing to believers to be able to come before the throne of grace and to be able to pour our heart out and cry out to God and ask him for the things that are happening in our life. And that's what we're going to see here from David in Psalm 86 is that we're going to see a man's heart being poured out to God. And then from it, I want us to learn a few things this morning that I believe are going to help us in the area of prayer as we move forward, which in turn allows us to breathe a little bit easier in this life. Let's look at what David says here in Psalm 86. He says, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am afflicted and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am a godly man. O you, my God, Save your servant who trusts in you. Be gracious to me, O Lord, for to you I cry all day long. Make glad the soul of your servant, for, you, for to you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive, and abundant in loving kindness to all who call upon you. Give ear, O Lord, to my prayer, and give heed to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble, I shall call upon you, for you will answer me. There is no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. All nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. For you are great and you do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. Teach me your way, O Lord. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and will glorify your name forever. For your loving kindness towards me is great, and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. O God, arrogant men have risen up against me, and a band of violent men have sought my life. And they've not set you before them. But you, O Lord, are a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness and truth. Turn to me and be gracious to me. O grant your strength to your servant and save the son of your handmaid. Show me a sign for good that those who hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, O Lord, have helped me and comforted me. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word this morning. And God, as we have seen David's heartfelt cry to you, God, may it strengthen us, may it encourage us. And Father, may we be able to apply these truths to our own life. And Father, so that this area of prayer would become a tremendous intimacy between us and you. Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts this morning. And God, that we would simply say yes to whatever it is that you're calling us to. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A couple of things that I really want us to just drive home from this passage as we see David just crying out before God. And, and I really do think that these are some things that we need in the area of prayer. And you're really going to see God work and move. These things have to be present. The first thing is simply this, that prayer needs consistency. Prayer needs consistency. 
And I don't know about you, but I hope and uh, pray that you won't judge me too much when I tell you this right out of the gate. My prayer life needs some consistency, right? I know many of you think, well, you're the, you're the pastor, right? When you're not on stage, you have to be in prayer 24-7 because that's what all men of God do. We are just prayer warriors always on our face. Well, I got to be honest with you and tell you that's not the case for me right? Do I pray? Yes, I pray. Do I pray specific prayers over the requests and the things that you guys make known to us, the things that are happening in our staff, the things that are happening in my family? Yes, yes, yes. I pray specifically over each one of those things. But what I want us to see here in David's prayer is that his consistency came from a different place. His consistency came from his dependency upon Christ, upon God right? His dependency upon God. Look what it says here in, in verse 1 that we just read in Psalm 86. He says, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am afflicted and needy. David understood something. He understood that I can't do life on my own. I, I can't do any of this on my own, and I am in desperate need of you. Can I tell you something this morning? The reason that I struggle with consistency in my life is because there's pride in my life. You know what? Pride is an enemy of humility, right? It's the exact opposite of humility. And the thing that we've got to do if we're going to acknowledge the fact that I am in desperate need of you every moment of every day and I can't breathe without you, it comes from a place of humility, and that's where David is when he begins to cry out to God. He says, incline your ear to me. And in essence, what he's saying is, God, do me a favor. Would you bend down? Would you come low to me and be able to hear the request that I am making? Because, Father, I am coming to you out of a position of humility because here's what I know. I am afflicted and I am needy. The hardest part for someone to say yes to Jesus in the first place is to, for them to realize that they are ones in desperate need. Pride is the thing that keeps people from turning from sin and accepting the sacrifice of Jesus Christ in their life. Because what you have to do is you have to realize that you are lost and completely separated from God before you realize your need for a Savior and will turn and will come to him. And so when you go and you share with someone, hey, I just want to let you know that if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, that you are separated from him and you're going to spend eternity in a place called hell, people don't like being told that, right? I mean, that's just not so, oh, well, great. Sign me up. That's really where I want to go. What do we say? We say, no, I'm a good person. And I start comparing myself to other people. I, I'm, I'm not a murderer. I'm not a terrorist. I don't beat my wife. I don't beat my children. We start playing this comparison game to every other person, and we're not realizing the only one we're compared to is the perfect Savior himself. And in light of how holy and perfect he is, we will never measure up. Therefore, we are in need of a Savior. Once we come to know Jesus and we have this relationship with him, let me tell you something. That same pride that kept us from coming to him is the same pride that keeps us from coming to him in prayer. Because here's what we think, we can do it on our own. God, I got this. I can figure things out. We live in a world in which everybody will teach you, listen, here's what you need to do. Don't tell anybody you don't know the answer. 
Don't, don't tell anybody you don't know. You need to, to fake it till you make it. You need to come up with some way that you can answer them so that they would never hear you say, I don't know. It's pride. It's that bubbling up inside of us and we're like, man, I would hate to feel like I am inferior, that I don't know the answer, that I don't know what's going on. The only way we're going to consistently come to God is when we realize how needy we truly are. It's when we realize how afflicted we truly are, that I am in desperate need of you moment by moment, day by day. And Father, the only way I can come to you is humbly bow before you. And God, I'm asking for you to move because here's what I know with all of my heart, God, you're the only one that can. How are you in your consistency with prayer? I think the reality is most of you are probably the same way that I am. We're more flippant with prayer, right? When something comes, oh, yeah, let me throw that one up there. Let me, let me throw that one up there. Let me just say what I need to say. How many of us would be able to say what Amy just saying just a moment ago? I'll let everything else fall away because I'm going to be honest with you. There's nothing else that matters except being at your feet. That there's nothing else that matters except for me being here on my knees. Because, Father, here's what I know. This is where I find life. This is where I have the ability to breathe, is to be in your presence. A few years ago, I had the opportunity to, uh, to spend some time over in Europe, and we were in England, and uh, John Wesley had a church there that he was pastor of for several years, and he had a little house that he lived in right beside the church. And so as he was there in his uh, room, one, one year when we were there in Europe on SLU, uh, I had the opportunity to go into his house and be able to see some of the things that, that they had there, his outfit, his hat, the things that he would ride. Uh, you know, he'd jump on his horse and, and go and preach the gospel and do all kinds of different things. But one of the coolest moments that we ever had was we got to go up into his bedroom. And we walked up into his bedroom. It was a small little room, but there was a, another room that was right off of his bedroom. And I thought, oh, is that a, a bathroom, right? He, you know, it's 21st century right here, right? And so was, obviously that's a bath. And they said, no, 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 that's his prayer closet. And they said, here's what happens. For two hours every morning when John Wesley gets up, he walks into his prayer closet and he gets on his face before God because he knows that there's nothing more important than being with him. John Bunyan is given the quote of being able to say this, that after you've prayed, anything can happen. But until you've prayed, nothing can happen. I think we all struggle with consistency in our prayer lives because it's kind of been hit or miss and it all comes back to the fact that we are in desperate need of him. And when we acknowledge that and when we humbly lay ourselves at his feet and say, Father, I can't do anything without you. Would you work and move in me? Would you teach me your ways? Would you show me what it is that you have in store for my life? Because, Father, I am afflicted and I am in deep need. I think there'd be more power in the church today if we had more consistency in our time alone with him in prayer and being able to commune and talk. 
prayer needs consistency. The second thing that I want us to see is this, that prayer needs connection. Prayer needs connection. Here's the, the greatest thing that I love about this passage. David knows who he's talking to. David knows the one that he is crying out to, the one that he is calling out to, because he knows him intimately. Look at what he says here beginning in verse 8. He says, there is no one like you among the gods, O Lord, nor are there any works like yours. He goes on to say, all nations, in this next part, all nations whom you have made shall come and worship before you, O Lord, and they shall glorify your name. Verse 10, for you are great and do wondrous deeds. You alone are God. You know, a lot of times I think when we pray, we just kind of think we're praying to some being, something, somebody that, that may be out there, that we're hoping are out there, that, that we're hoping our prayers are not just landing, you know, on the sheet next to us when we're in our bed or right there in the seat next to us when we're in our car, but we're just sitting there going, you know, I'm going to throw up a Hail Mary. I'm going to throw something out there and hope somebody, something, somewhere can listen and hopefully answer my prayer. That's not how David prays. When David comes before God, he's going, I know exactly who it is that I'm talking to. I know exactly who it is that I'm meeting with in these moments. And here's what I know about you. There is no other God like you. You alone are the only one with all power. You are the only one that can handle every situation that I come to you with and that I bring to you. You alone are God. David knew who it was that he's talking to. And that's the joy that we have as followers today, as followers of Christ, is that we know the one that we're talking to. We're connected to the one that we're talking to. And we don't have to wonder and we don't have to hope. Is anyone out there? Can anyone hear? We can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that the one who is there, the one that is listening, the one who's hearing, absolutely cares about everything that's happening in our life. Are we truly getting connected to God? What is it that David says? David says, listen, here's what I know. You're loving, you're forgiving, you're merciful, you're gracious. How does David know that? Because David's had one of those lives that as we look at through Scripture, he had some high highs and he had some low lows. He had some moments where he was knocking it out of the park in his walk with God. And then he had some moments that he blew it like nobody's business. But here's what he said. Listen, I can come to you today because of who you are, because you are good, because you are loving, because you are forgiving, because you are gracious, because you are merciful. I can come into your presence. You ever notice that when there's sin in our life, we kind of distance ourselves from God? When there's things that are unconfessed and undealt with, what we tend to do is get further away from him. David said, why in the world are we running from him? He's the one that loves us more than anything, cares for us more than anything. He should be the very first one that we're running to because what we're going to find is his arms wide open because he already knows everything about our lives. David said, I'm talking to the one who formed me, who created me, who knows me. And I can know him. This past week, as our kids were getting ready for school, I was in a time of prayer and just praying 
over my kids, praying over the, the new year, everything that was going on. And it was one of those moments where I don't know if you guys do this. This is me just being me again and, and revealing something. And here it is. Uh, I, I kind of have my prayer list of what I'm supposed to tell God. All right. It's almost as if, God, I don't want you to forget these things. So let me just go ahead and tell you, this is what I need you to do. 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 And I was praying one of those kind of prayers over my girls as they were getting ready to go back to school. And it was just me and God. And I was like, God, here's what I'm asking. Protect them. God, I'm not going to be there to do it. And so here's what I need you to do, right? I need you to protect them. I need you to provide for them. I need you to walk with them. I need you to make sure that uh, what they hear from their teachers, what they hear from their friends is going to build them up and not knock them down. God, here's what I'm asking. Would you put your hedge of protection? I love that prayer. Would you put your hedge, I think it's a Georgia thing because it's between the hedges, right? I think if you put your hedge of protection, around my child today. God, because here's what I'm asking. I'm asking for you to work in their lives and do something for them. I'm in the middle of this prayer with God, and it was all of a sudden like the Holy Spirit just kind of tapped me on the shoulder, and God said, don't you know that I love them more than you do? Don't you know that I care for them more than you do? Don't you know that I'm the one that has blessed you with them? They've always been mine to begin with. And I've only loaned them to you for a season of life. Don't you realize that? And it was in that moment, I just began to weep. And I was like, yeah, I do know that. I do know that you care for them, God, more than I ever could. And although I'm wanting all of these things, God, here's what I know. Your plan is perfect. Your will is perfect. And you care about every detail of my kid's life. So I think we need to be reminded this morning that we're not just praying to pray and saying things to say things, but we know the one that it is that who we're praying to. We know his character. We know everything about him. And listen, that ought to do something to spur us on in prayer. It ought to make us want to just fall before him and go, God, here's what I'm asking. I'm asking to be able to, to connect with you and share my heart, share the things that are happening. And God, know that every single detail of my life is something that you are concerned about and that you care about. See, it's in our consistency in our prayer life, knowing that we're connected to the one who cares about every intimate detail in our life that ultimately leads us to this third thing, and that's this. Prayer needs confidence. You know what? It's when I consistently come before his throne and when I'm understanding that I am fully connected to him, here's what I know. I know the one who I'm talking to. I know his ability. I know his character, and I can boldly pray with confidence that he's going to answer that he's going to do what only he can do. Guys, I think a lot of times I pray weak prayers. Because I think that the prayer has something to do with my ability. And I'm not very confident in myself. And so when I go before God, I'm like, hey, it's, it's me again. I know I've been asking for a lot and I've been asking you to do things with this. But hey, if, if, could you give me one more? Could you do one more thing for me, God? As if God says, all right, this is all I have allotted for you. 
I'm looking in the bag. You've asked for everything you could ever ask for. Do you know who the one is we're asking? He's the one that created us. He's the one that sustains us. He's the one that walks with us every single moment of every single day. There is an unlimited supply of God's blessings and what he is able to do each and in and through each one of our lives. So we don't have to go to and go, God, can I get one more thing? Can I ask you to do this one thing? No, we can come in confidence going, God, here's what I know. I know that you care about what's going on in my life, and I, I know who you are. I know everything about you. And, Father, I'm going to be constant in my coming to you and my humility before you. And, God, here's what I know. When I come before you, I'm coming with confidence in the fact of knowing that you will answer. Do you really believe God answers every prayer we pray? Now listen to the question. Do you believe God answers every prayer we pray? Yes, he does. Here's the problem. We don't always get the answer we want. Because sometimes God will say yes to the things that we pray for. Sometimes God will outright say no to the things that we pray for. And then sometimes God gives us the one that all of us love so much when he says, I just need you to wait. Just, just wait. I got something in mind for you on that one. See, it's the prayer that we get the answer to wait from is where we tend to go back to struggling with the consistency. Because we stop asking. We stop seeking. We stop knocking. We stop coming before him and we just think, you know what? He's forgotten me. He's not there. He's distant. He doesn't care. He can't do anything about it. The reality is he can do something about it. And it's the confidence to come before him. That's how David ended this whole thing out in verse 17 when he says, God, here's what I'm asking. Would you give a sign? God, would you do something to those, that those around me would see it? And, Father, they would be ashamed for how they've been acting. Here's what I know, God. You have done it before. You can do it again. I can stand before you with confidence knowing that you've heard me. And, Father, that you are gracious and that you are merciful. You are here with me. I've seen you do it before. I know you'll do it again. God, my confidence is not my own ability. My confidence is in the one who holds every single thing about this world and about my life. My confidence is in you. Not in my ability to do anything. It's in your ability. Because, Father, you are the creator and the sustainer of absolutely everything. Church, can I tell you what's going to change our lives more than anything else? It's prayer. It's prayer. It's total dependence upon him, realizing that we can't do anything apart from him. It's knowing that he's concerned with every little detail of our life, and it's having the confidence to know that he is at work and that he is moving and that he will answer the things that we're bringing before him. Listen, not only will it change our lives personally, but it will change our lives collectively. When we begin to get on our face before him and say, God, here's what I know. I can't breathe without you. I can't breathe without these moments. And, Father, I want my life to be a life that is fragrant with prayer and complete dependence upon you because I'm confident in you. Would you stand to your feet this morning? Let's pray together.
Father, there's a desire for us to be completely dependent upon you and, and prayer is the way that that plays out on a day in and day out basis. Lord, there may be some here today that do not have a personal relationship with you. And Father, they've been depending on themselves. They've been depending on other people. They've been depending on other things. And Father, maybe for the first time this morning, they've realized that the only thing that is dependable is you. And Father, that they are separated from you and are in desperate need of you. And so Father, I pray in these next few moments as we sing together, as we worship you and give you praise that, Father, if there's anyone here that does not know you, they would just have the courage to step out of wherever it is they're standing. They would walk to the back and they would talk to one of our volunteers about what it means to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We want to celebrate that with you today. But maybe there's some of you in the room this morning that's, if we're honest, you would say, Jay, I know Christ, but maybe it's been my pride. Maybe it's been my lack of acknowledging the fact that I am afflicted and in desperate need every moment of every day. I can't get by without him. And maybe this morning there's been some conviction on your life. Listen, it's out of love. And he's beckoning you, hey, come back. Come hang out with me. Come talk to me. Come share with me the deepest concerns of your life. Because I care about every single one of them. Maybe there's something you have been praying for for a while and God didn't answer it on your timetable and so you've quit praying it. May today that be rebirthed in your heart. Salvation of a loved one. That God, it ain't ever gonna happen. Yeah, yeah it is because I know the one who you're asking. It's his heart and his passion that no one would perish but everyone would come to know him as Lord and Savior birth that again in your heart this morning. Say, hey, you know what? I want to begin, Father, just coming back before you because I'm confident in you. And God, I want to show you that. May the days of weak prayer in each one of our lives be behind us. And may we walk in confidence, Father, not in our own ability, but in your ability. Lord, draw us to you these, these next few moments. And may we just simply say yes to whatever it is you have in store. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.